Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week, we're previewing Magpie's new Powered by the Apocalypse system, Zombie World. Zombie World is a take on Walking Dead-style zombie fiction, where the suspense and drama are driven by character relationships and trauma of extreme circumstances as much as they're driven by the living dead. Zombie World uses cards as a randomizer, which helps make the game compact, tense, and approachable. Before we get to that, I want to remind everyone that Gen Con is just around the corner. And if you're going, you should head to bit.ly slash osngencon to see the lineup of shows and panels that we have for you. You can see the Compass Cats take on the Three Moon Lovers in the Dungeon Dome. Hear Jeff and John talk to Gan and Reedy about Shadowrun. Or say goodbye to the crew of the Minoc in person. These shows sell out early, though, so get your tickets as soon as you can. And if a show does sell out, you can always show up at the appointed time and location with generic tickets, and we'll get you in. See you there, heroes. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream, on Thursday, we're streaming more Gloomhaven for a new episode of Total Party Kill, starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can find all that and more at twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG. Finally, before we get to the episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank our backers on Patreon. Mikhail Shi, thank you. Justin Hunter, thank you so much. Roman Chang, thank you. Adrian Bundy, thank you so much. Whitman Allerman, thank you. Lex Axon, thank you so much, Lex. Anurin, thank you. And I know you've told me how to pronounce your name before, but I couldn't remember because I'm a bad person. I'm so sorry. Carl, thank you. NG Near, thank you so much. JR, thank you. Kalib Bell, thank you. Trent Oric, thank you so much. Ed Novak, thank you. Pundemic, thank you very much. Richard Bethke, thank you. Felipe Robert, thank you. Angelo Zanola, thank you so much. Bob the Skull, thank you. Joshua Parr, thank you so much. Madison Ray, thank you. P.S., thank you. Mark Velasco, thank you so much. Jess Nichols, thank you. It's Eric Ingerson or Eric Ingerson. Thank you. Zach Jenkins. Thank you. Dan Arudi. Thank you so much. Scott Ames. Thank you. And Jordan Rippey. Thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Supporting One Shot through Patreon not only helps us bring you programs like this, but it comes with a lot of great benefits too. $5 backers get access to the Secret Archive, which includes lots of great bonus content, like the custom game of Starcrossed that Mel and I played based on our characters in the Of Drow Origin episodes. So if you liked those, head over to the Patreon and check it out. One last note, this episode was recorded during a stream, which used a different microphone setup than we normally do, so it's going to sound different than other episodes of One Shot. And with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. We Hello, heroes, and welcome to the One Shot Podcast Twitch stream. I am normally your host and game master. Today, I'm just your host, James D'Amato. This week, we got a special treat for you guys. Magpie Games is working on a new role-playing game called Zombie World that is apocalypse-based and obviously plays with zombie fiction, but there are some really unique elements to it that I'm excited to unleash on everyone here. First up, I want to go around and introduce the stream. Uh, first, we've got Tyler Samples. Tyler! Yeah. Welcome to the stream. Thanks so much for having me. Now, Tyler, do you have a favorite piece of zombie fiction that, that you like? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, mine has always been Shaun of the Dead. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a classic. Yeah. Just love watching uh, them shamble through it. And then every other movie Edgar Wright has made since then has paled in comparison. Which you know, is, I, I really feel that I actually think Hot Fuzz is a little bit better, but we wow. can have that argument off air. Oh, wow, yeah, that um, would, we that all would be agree strenuous. That Run Fat Boy Run is like at the bottom of the bunch, yes. right? Okay, yes. cool, yeah. Interrupting Tyler <laughs> yeah. with Alan Linnick. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Alan, yeah. Uh, Alan yeah, uh, take it away, back. Alan. Welcome back to the stream, please. Hey. Hi, uh, I'm Alan Linick. Do you have any other opinions that need to be shared? Actually, we do have one that we need from you. Do you have a favorite piece of zombie fiction? Oh, yeah. I mean, Thriller? Ooh, (laughs) I like that. That's out of left. No, I I mean, yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Thriller, that's... It's got zombies and a werewolf. You know, and I think what I appreciate about it is that you got, I mean, it's your slow, shambly, like, literal rise from the dead zombies. Mm-hmm. So you got your, it's like a traditional George A. Romero style, like, literal living dead situation, mm-hmm. which, you know, we've kind of moved away from that towards, yeah. like, illness and, like, virus and, mm-hmm. like, fast, angry, runny zombies in a lot of current media. But also, like, the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't. Uh, we're gonna see if we can incorporate yeah. any of that today. Uh, and finally, we, we got we got CJ Tour over here, uh, who I, I has done at least one stream with us before. I've done one stream, but it's been so long. So to, I've changed. Yeah, <laughs> you should have seen what he looked like before. Um, he was less dapper for sure. Uh, CJ, do you have a favorite piece of zombie uh, media? I was discussing my. My wife's favorite movie is Zombieland, and I was going to yeah. discuss that, but she also loves Run, Fat Boy, Run. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. But that's wow. just because she is a runner and will yeah. often think of the wall metaphor uh, that they sure. use in that film, mm-hmm. and so it touches her personally, and now I have to fight you or leave you for dead in this game. Right. Oh, <laughs> can't wait. We have the perfect venue for fighting. Yeah. I think Sarah is already sort of excited about the disastrous end that our group is going to meet, uh, which brings us to Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the one-shot stream. Thank you. Um, now, Sarah, some of you might recognize as employee of Magpie Games. Sarah is somebody whose voice you certainly recognize from our <laughs> Bluebeard's Bride episodes. You recognize it from your nightmares. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sarah, uh, you're going to be running this for us today. Please explain Zombie World to the stream. Uh, And also, do you have a favorite piece of zombie fiction that you like? That is actually very, very difficult. It would be easier to be like, which one don't I love? Um, Because I'm equally a fan of Romero's work. Please dunk on a zombie thing. (laughs) Please just go, this is trash and I don't love it. Um, Actually... See, that's hard, too, because <laughs> if there are zombies involved, mostly it's not going to be trash. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What an interesting opinion, because <laughs> I kind of find myself on the opposite end of the spectrum. Whoa. Most oh, of no. the time, I think zombies, uh, for a, a large portion, uh, it's it's an easy metaphor that like people get. So it gets overused in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's gotten to the point, like almost Free. where with Cthulhu for me, where it's such an overexposed part of like nerd media, I'm really cautious when I hear, oh, this involves zombies. <laughs> like I, I think if Zombie World came to me from any company that was not Magpie, I don't know how I would receive it. I was just explaining uh, Dead Scare earlier to these folks, which is yeah. like a piece of zombie role-playing fiction that I was like, this is great uh, because this embraces the genre and puts a new spin on it, which is really interesting. That I hold in, in high esteem where most zombie role-playing games, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to be. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited, especially for, from the minds over at Magpie, to see what y'all Aww. cooked up with. 
Thank you. For this. Uh, Sarah, how did you feel about, like, as an edge case, the happening? The uh, oh, that M. Mark Night Shyamalan movie? Oh, I, I feel it was the plants. exposed <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weakness for Shyamalan's movies. Whoa, I acknowledge I they are not necessarily yeah, okay. good. I do, I do yeah. like Shyamalan <laughs> movies too. I like them so much. I like Lady in the Water. Wow! wow. So, yeah. I'm we not need that to move about. on. We need to move on. <laughs> we need to just skip. We need to put a bridge over that water. And I did think of a zombie movie that I don't like, Ooh. which was World War Z. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. one was rough. The special effects took me out of it so much. I was like, those aren't zombies. A lot of wasted potential. It yeah. really was. It made me more sad than anything else. Mm -hmm. Now, for zombie world, it's a little different. We're, we're existing closer in genre and fiction to something like The Walking Dead. Okay. Because zombie world is a card-based RPG, and the stories are about the survivors, um, and yes, you're, you're fighting zombies and fending off the dead, but it's also how do you live with each other in a world where civilization has kind of fallen, resources are scarce, and not everybody is a nice person, if that helps. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> da, na, na, na. Zombie world is powered by the apocalypse, meaning that you can either completely miss, you can have a mitigated hit, or you can have a complete success. But in this case, we're using cards instead of dice, which is why we have so many different decks. So we have a population deck, a bite deck, which I know you're eager to see. So excited. Survivor deck, past, present, and trauma, a fate deck, and an advantages deck. We also have these fancy enclave cards that we'll talk about in a minute, but Zombie World exists a little bit after the apocalypse. So imagine our world now, and you start hearing reports that some, you know, conspiracy theorists are saying that the dead are coming back to life and walking. You would probably laugh. Mm -hmm. Figure it was a marketing stunt, some sort of viral video, something like that. But then the stories would keep coming. They would start to be played on the news. People you know would start talking about it, and then you would see your first one. It would not take long for civilization to fall. So even though zombies could appear as kind of a slow threat, they are a devastating threat because there are so many people who would just refuse to believe even as their face was being gnawed off. In this game, a few months ago, civilization fell. Mm -hmm. There's no government, there's no electricity, you can't use your cell phones. There's no internet. It's really, really hard. Why argue with people about role-playing games? You're going to have to do it to their face. Oh, no. Gross. I know. The worst way to play role-playing games. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, the zombies we're dealing with, they're not 28 days later zombies. They can't run at you. Okay. okay. But they're definitely faster than merely shambling. Mm -hmm. So they are a threat. If you're alone and you're trapped, one zombie can kill you if you can't get away from it. However, most of the time, you're pretty okay by now. If you've made it by now, you have enough skills to make it by day by day. In real life, I died. <laughs> Me too. This is why I yeah. role playing imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, so don't worry. So there really start to be a threat whenever there is a swarm of them which is substantially more than just a few. Mm -hmm. And a horde is a living wave of zombies. And if you are caught by a horde, you're going to die no matter what. Mm -hmm. Because in this game, your character can die at any moment. 
rad. <laughs> <laughs> and if you die, don't worry, you're not out of the game. You continue to have a place. Oh. A rambly shambly place. Yes, 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 yes. Well, actually, what we'll do is make you a new character on the spot because oh. character creation is really, really fast. That's great. Faster than the zombies that we'll be fighting. Yeah. It will be. So let's talk first about where you specifically are. Great. Because you're lucky. You found an enclave, a group of hopefully fellow, you know, same-minded survivors uh, where you live. And for this time, we're going to be do playing in the prison. Cool. Oh. So the base game comes with either the prison or the hospital, and we're developing a couple of other settings, so you can play it over and over again, depending on, like, what kind of setting you feel like. Mm -hmm. So... Is it a specific prison? Or does it matter? You're going to make it. Great. Ooh. Dibs on Fox River from the Prison Break. <laughs> <laughs> I've well, got the whole thing tattooed all over my entire body. Um, now, think generally the South. Okay. It's, this is also going to take place in the summer, and I know that is the Oof. worst time to be in the South. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And kind of inland, but okay. that's where you should be thinking. Okay. So in order to make our enclave, all of you are going to be choosing things from our prison card. So there are a few things that are pre-checked off for every different enclave. For the prison, it's a scarcity of food, and you know you have a noteworthy prisoner. Oh. Noteworthy prisoner. Ooh. Noteworthy prisoner? Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> well... Whenever you choose that, we can start talking about who that prisoner is, or we, it might come up later in yeah. character creation. Okay. And that will also tell us, like, um, is this kind of like Martha Stewart prison, or is this like serious prison? Right. So that's one of the things that you will be figuring out. Okay. So we'll go around the table. Each of you should only choose one at a time. Mm -hmm. So just passing this card around? But eventually, we want to end up with two options in addition to the pre-checked ones from, if I can see it real quick. Oh, sure. Scarcities, surroundings, population, and advantages. So I'll go ahead and give that to you. You can choose yeah. one. Okay. And feel free to talk amongst yourselves about what kind of uh, options you think would be at, good. Ellen. Well, um, scarcities has, you know, what I'll, you know what? There's four of us and there's four categories. Let's see. So I'll just pick one at random uh, and talk about the different choices in there and then we can do it that way. Okay. okay. Uh, so surroundings is an interesting now, category. Now was that random? Yeah, I just looked at the four <laughs> titles and picked the one. Good, okay, um, good. Surroundings uh, looks interesting. My choices here are to be surrounded by a dilapidated, unsafe colony, an overrun major city, a dangerous military outpost, a large body of water, an impassable mountain range, or a dense forest. Uh, and all of them just conjure up so many images and possibilities. In some ways, an impassable mountain range speaks to me because I kind of like the idea that if we get overrun there's nowhere to go um which <laughs> is super very fun Alan answer yeah, yeah. Uh, the other option though that is perhaps more fun in my imagination is a large body of water because the idea of a land of the dead style bunch of submerged parts of the caribbean oh, yeah. zombies yeah. crawling yeah, out yeah, of a yeah. lake oh, that's is horrifying cool. so yeah. i think i might do a large body of water great oh. i like it so like an Alcatraz-style prison, then. Yeah. Oof. That's rad. 
Yeah, if it's an island prison, even better. Even better. Okay. So I'm going to check that box. Um, this to you, Tyler. I, uh, the first one I saw was population. So I'll go with that. Our options, we have already a noteworthy prisoner. Um, so the other options are the warden of the prison, mm-hmm. a local farm family, mm. a dozen or so city refugees, a small group of prison guards, a suburban nuclear family, and a pair of soldiers. Hmm. The one that struck out most to me was a local farm family, because <laughs> um, that just feels fun, or a suburban nuclear family, but I feel like I will lead too heavily into satirizing suburban life. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a local farm family. Cool. All right, cool. very cool. Peanuts for days. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to grab um, scarcities. Uh, so we already have food checked off in the prison, but the other ones are medicine, privacy, weapons, suburban comforts, and security. Um, so I feel like the advantage of the prison would be the security. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of want to keep that intact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I do like the idea that like we're kind of safe where we are and around us is water. And so that feels very fun. Um, I'm going to say... I'm very interested in this one is the scarcity is privacy. Yeah, that's what I was hoping you <laughs> heard it in your voice. Yeah, it's like, I was excited. I, I want to see how that, I have ideas, but I really just want to see how that Man. plays out. Boy, howdy, that's interesting. Okay, um, and so the last thing that I get uh, is advantages. Uh, and the advantages that we could have are strong fences, an armory, an infirmary, or a garage. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> a garage in a prison surrounded by... In a, Full of bikes. Yeah, but yeah, this garage is cool, cool. But because it's been sort of uh, converted into like a darts room. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Kind of like it's an like LA a, garage. It's a bro cave. <laughs> exactly. Now, for advantages, just so you know, mm-hmm. the way they work, that's why there's an advantages deck, mm-hmm. is that each advantage comes with a move something that you can do to use those resources. So let's use the garage as an example. When you perform a tune-up on a vehicle in the garage, draw survival. On a hit, you ensure the vehicle is in top shape. You may use it as a triumph on any relevant move. On an edge, which we'll talk about triumphs and edge, you discover a growing concern. The GM will tell you what you need to retrieve to fix it. On a miss, a problem with the garage attracts attention from your surroundings. Whoa. So each of the advantages has a move like that. Dang. So, I mean, part of me is tempted to go with garage simply because there might be a boat in there. Fucking ski dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, our island right. prison has a bunch of jet skis. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's a minimum security island prison. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think I am actually just going to... I'm going to go with uh, strong fences. Okay. I feel like that's appropriate for this prison. Now, I'll throw the card here so people at home can read it, and we'll talk about it uh, later. And we're going to go back around so you actually get to choose something else. Oh! oh. Okay. Oh. Well, then I am going to go out of my category that I've sort of... Um, Please do. I'm going to go to scarcities, and I'm going to take away suburban comforts. Oh, no. no. Cable! Please! <laughs> hot water! So that does mean you don't have hot water. You may not have running water. Mm. Oh, Lord. But we are in a lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but where is um, our, our stuff? We have go? a poo room. Yeah. No um, electricity. 
So no lights that are not candles, or if you're lucky, a flashlight. Oh, We've got a poo catapult. A yeah. poo catapult, if yeah. you would a, like. A catapult. And unfortunately, catapult. unfortunately, we also have poo candles. So. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, I'm and, go ahead. and the strong fence is also made of poo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, population again, uh, because I really wanted to put this person in here uh, with the noteworthy... Noteworthy prisoner, the warden of the prison, mm, oh, yes. who may feel differently about said individual. Yeah. yeah, sort of like somebody who's like essentially went down with the ship. As yeah, it were. exactly. Um, okay, I'll take uh, I'll take surroundings. Then um, we're in a large body of water. I'm really curious about this one because I can't quite con conceptualize it. So that's the one that I'm most excited about is a dilapidated, unsafe colony. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know quite what that means. I know what it means. It's a bunch <laughs> of dirty scabs living in a ramshackle village outside of our prison. <laughs> <laughs> Awfully judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which leaves me with advantages. And as much as I would love to have access to weapons or health, what I really want is a ski do. <laughs> yeah, so, dude! Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna check that garage category, and uh, away we go, zooming around. <laughs> All right. To recap, our prison is scarce on food, privacy, suburban comforts, is surrounded by a dilapidated, unsafe colony, and a large body of water. The population includes a noteworthy prisoner, the warden of the prison, and a local farm family, and it has the advantages of strong fences and a garage. So for those living that are listening <laughs> from prison. home, strong fences. When you check and repair, your strong fences draw survival. On a hit, you suss out weak points and address them with supplies on hand. The entire colony is considered to be barricaded against intrusion until time passes. I will let you know when time passes. Mm -hmm. On an edge, the process is tiresome. Mark a stress to complete the job. On a miss, your inspection reveals a betrayal that you didn't see coming. Ooh. And I already read Garage, so we won't read that. Uh, dang, dang. Now the next thing you need to do is name your enclave. Ooh. Oh, Fox Lake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Fox Lake. Fox Lake, there we go. Yeah. Fox Lake it is. I really want to make my character just be Wentworth Miller now <laughs> and just talk like this the whole time. Alfred Winner? Wentworth you, Miller, star of Prison Break and uh, villain Cole. on The Flash. Are yeah. you our uh, our noteworthy prisoner then? Oh. Or are you just that? Oh my he God. is not, uh. but that could be your noteworthy prisoner. <laughs> Just so you know, we'll fill in a little bit more detail as, as is needed. For example, your prison, Fox Lake. Um, you have cleared out one wing. The entire prison isn't yours. Oh. oh. No, what? Bogus. <laughs> wow. Duplex? It's, it's too large and sprawling mm. uh, for it to be realistic for you to have cleaned sure. out every single corner. But you have these strong fences that keep any roving zombies out. And you know that, let's say to the west, and I'll ask you to help me keep this consistent, uh, there is a large body of water. Now, is this the ocean or is this a lake? I like a lake. I think a lake. Oh, a lake. yeah, I gotta have a lake prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and are we surrounded like, by the lake? Or, like, are we on an island in the lake or are we on, like, the coast of the lake? You guys tell me. I like I, an island. I like we're an, an island. island. Oh, I, I love an island prison. Yeah. Island All prison, right. which makes the colony surrounding it way more terrifying to me because yeah. it means 
Like we're uh, we're in the middle of a colony, like an unsafe, dilapidated colony. Yeah. <laughs> and and so clearly, the lake itself is Fox Lake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fox Lake Prison, and then the town, the the colony is the remnants of the town that used mm. to support the prison. You're going to be so easy to freak out. It's <laughs> real creepy. Um, so at some point. All of the people who worked at the prison, the guards, psychiatrists, doctors, the warden, they all lived in that town. Clearly, that did not work out. Mm -hmm. They retreated to the prison, decided this is a much better place to stay. And so it has begun to fall apart. It is surprising how quickly human structures fall whenever they're not taken care of. Um, now, you don't have a lot of food, privacy, or suburban comforts. Um, so that also means that you're basically on rations. A lot of cans of beans. There isn't a whole lot else left. And the one store that uh, used to be in the town has been completely sacked. So you're a little desperate. Privacy means because it's only the one wing, you're a little overcrowded. Cells don't have real doors. You can string up a curtain, but that doesn't block sound. And it's not safe to let anyone go somewhere alone. Oh, so these are. this is a... A bar prison. This yeah. Is, mm -hmm. Okay. That's what your choices are telling me. Mm -hmm. mm, boy. So life is rough here, and some of the prisoners are still around, and they're not zombies. They're your fellow survivors. Yeah, but they're like tax evaders, right? <laughs> they're not like... It's a bar prison. Again, these prisons have bars. bars yeah. yeah, but they're, you know, they're not like wearing people's skin as costumes or anything is like a medium security prison. this has got to be at least a, it's on an island so it's like armed robbery yeah. guys <laughs> uh, you do have a notable prisoner one option for that could be some something like a serial killer oh Madoff. my god I, oh man I, I did a show at a medium security prison they sleep in bunks in one big room if there are individual oh. bar yeah, prisons right, that's right. maximum security oh my god <laughs> i want to throw out the the uh, colony thing just keeps me making making me think about uh, the documentary wild wild country? country which is all about a cult uh, in Oregon, taking like taking over a town, um, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. so fascinating. So I want to throw out that the notable prisoner is the head of a cult. Oh, love it! I absolutely love it. Yeah, totally. Cult leader, it is. His name, his name is like William Boonslang. Yes, <laughs> yeah, dude. William Boonslang, the and then William his followers Boonslang. are the Boonslangers. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. The Boonslang boys. That's oh, the Boonslang, Boonslang boys. boys. I mean, if you guys want to share the zombie apocalypse with essentially Charlie Mason, yeah, Manson, yeah. that is up to you. No, yeah. Charlie Mason. Charlie Mason. Charlie Mason. Charlie Mason would be really helpful. He would just <laughs> solve crimes. Mm -hmm. Defend, be a public defender. All right. Oh, now we're going to make your survivors. Yeah. Uh, that may also tell us more about the local farm family and the warden. Um, so not to worry. Now. I'm going to deal out identity cards to you. So the first is your past. This is who you were before before Z Day. So keep this face down. No one else should see it. I do like the sort of Freudian slip of before. Right? Yes. <laughs> so what you can see, and I'll use the next one as an example, it tells you what you used to do whenever there was a real world. This is secret until you reveal it to another character in a scene. And whenever you reveal it, it tells you what you have to do to trigger this. Mm -hmm. 
and then it gives you an advantage while it's revealed, mm -hmm. plus a little fiction. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I had chosen the survivalist, to reveal it, I have to share a vital resource of my own with another survivor, so clearly I have been hoarding something. Mm -hmm. And while revealed, I get to draw plus one when I use my supplies to deal with the dead. When this card is revealed, it's only revealed to a specific player, or is it, re is it revealed? Revealed to everybody. Okay. Everybody knows you used to do this thing. And okay. it's just the one-time advantage. So oh, no, I'm sorry. It's ongoing advantage. Okay, oh, great. Cool. Oh, cool. cool. It's an ongoing? Okay. Yeah. So is this some sort of mechanical incentive to, to have intimacy between our characters? Maybe. Wow! Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't look yeah. for that in my RPGs. Yeah, I'm <laughs> feeling bullied. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I'm going to give you two present cards. Ooh. I'm giving you two because you get to choose. Ooh! Mm. Very cool. That's and very fun. Love making your choices. present yes. is, everybody knows this is what you do. This is what you do now. Mm -hmm. So, everyone is aware of it and you can keep it up. And give me the card you don't choose no. back. I bet you feel real silly about picking your uh, stats before you knew what was No, I, this is even better. So to give you an example. Oh, heck yes. Uh, one of the things you could be now is an enforcer. An enforcer automatically gets a plus one to their savagery skill, which <laughs> we'll talk about. And they clear a stress when you physically intimidate someone into obeying your boss's orders. Hmm. Zombie that. apocalypse is rough, yo. Will you um, put one of those cards down so people can see the little uh, description you put at the bottom? Because those are awesome. Yeah. Sure. Oh, man. I might change my stats just around this. Yeah. <laughs> this card is amazing. The, okay. yours, they will change your stats. So, And after you choose a present, I'm going to give you your trauma. Because nobody makes it out of the zombie apocalypse without being traumatized. That's and this is something also that you'll keep face down, and only when you reveal it to another player um, do you get what is on the card. Trying to choose between committing this game to playing like a straight man or being a, a irrepressible shit stirrer, mm -hmm. and I can't decide what's better. Shit stirrer, shit -stirrer. please. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, I, I am also stuck between playing like a human being and like a something cartoon. else. <laughs> Yeah, I'm stuck between playing who I want to imagine, I, like who I want to be in a zombie movie, and who I absolutely don't want to be in a zombie movie. So I think I'm going with who I absolutely don't want to be. To I think challenge I myself. think I'm gonna I'm gonna make an I'm gonna make an audible adjustment here. Yeah. <laughs> without, Excellent. Without like, and I think oh, this shit. is fun for the game. Oh like without. When I was looking at my two present cards, what really influenced me was my past card and yeah. which one plays best with that. Right. And so, like, it was a pretty easy choice for me because I was like, oh, this is going to be really fun because of the past card I already have. I was Excellent. pleasantly surprised by how well my past card meshed with both of the presents that I mm. was given. It was really a neat situation to be okay. in. That's excellent. Uh, do we reveal the trauma card or we keep it nope. down? Everything's down? Okay. Except for your present because oh. everyone knows what you do. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Also... The, the way the stars align between these three cards is unreal. Yeah, mine made for a character that I like was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. Assuming we for reverse sure. on this. Otherwise, it was, oh shoot. There's cussing allowed. Can um, we reveal our presence? Because I really want to. Uh, well, hold on. Oh, hold okay. on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, for trauma, here's an example. You can be stubborn. 
And while it's revealed, clear stress while you ignore the advice of someone you trust. Draw steel instead of soul to ask an NPC for help with your plans. So, your past and trauma always stay face down, although I encourage you to reveal them during play. Mm -hmm. Oh, handy little spots on the card for it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now, you immediately gain the effects of your chosen present. So like the example I gave, it added one to their savagery score. And now you can choose your stats. Uh, You get a three, two, two, and one to put in savagery, soul, steel, and survival. Savagery is, of course, your capacity for violence. And you use it to inflict violence on another human and uh, to get in someone else's face. Soul is your capacity for making human connection. You use it to ask NPCs for help and to open up to someone. Steel represents your ability to remain calm and in control. You use it to calm an NPC down and to assess a bad situation. And survival represents your capacity to survive at any cost is used to avert disaster and for many other moves throughout the game. The higher the number, the better you are at using that stat. Now, once you have everything assigned and are comfortable with what you've chosen, spend a few moments deciding what your character looks like and giving them a name. And for your look, it really is what people can see because they don't know anything about your past or anything about your trauma. And we're we're really bad at judging people on first impressions. I can't wait. (laughs) So William Bangsley. Boonslang. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, the Boonslang boys. I'm a little curious. There go them Boonslang boys. Did his cult actually kill anybody? Like, like with the Manson family, like that idea of, I think it has to be perfectly maximum security. But yeah. it's also, he's kind of like removed from all the murders that happened. Yeah, it's the same way like a mob boss yeah. does stuff. And I think like not everybody, I don't think his whole cult did. Exactly. It's sort of like Jonestown also where like up to a point, there was a lot of people that just threw in. I got a question. How many people who were part of his cult are in this prison? You know there's at least one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in general, probably the prison system would have tried to keep them separated, but I think in the surrounding town, there would have been a lot of people that moved in. Yes. Oh, man. I think someone found their way in, but but it's not well known like we know who he is. Yeah. All right. Why don't we find out about our survivors now that we know a little bit more about the Boon Slingers? And let's start over here. Okay. So I get my present. The character I have is the visionary. Uh, I am Gregory Mason. I am a defense attorney. That, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> that I was caught in the prison visiting a client when like the zombie apocalypse happened. And a lot of people were like, we're getting out of here. We got to leave these to my cares. But I like actually cared about my clients. So I stayed and try to keep things together. And my visionary thing is like, I believe, I believe in the criminal justice system can reform people in that like the zombie apocalypse can reform society. Is that this is our chance to start over with perfect equality and uh, undo the mistakes of the past. And that is my vision. That's right. That's, that's pretty cool. neat. <laughs> now, now what does Gregory look like? Oh, I'm sorry. Gregory is wearing a suit that's too big. He's very young because <laughs> he's such an idealistic uh, attorney. So like he mm-hmm. just started this job. So he's wearing like his dad's suit. So it's big. Uh, but he keeps wearing it. Or any suit he can find, he tries to keep informal wear. He tries, I know we're low on rations, so he probably doesn't have hair gel, 
but whatever he can use, a bit of toothpaste, whatever, he tries to keep his hair styled. (laughs) And so, and talking is his skill, so he always wants to look good, despite the fact that everything's just a little ramshackle, loose-fitting, dirty, but he's still like, always kind of like, guys, we can do this if you just listen to me. Now, (laughs) I mentioned this is in the South, in the middle of summer. Yeah. Is this like a linen suit, or is this a... Yeah, absolutely. Seer, sucker. Seer, sucker, lawyer. Yeah, he's got the suspenders. Yes. 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 I mean, it's a big suit. He needs those suspenders. He may not be no big city lawyer, but he understands justice. (laughs) Oh my God. Is he white or? He is naively white. You know, like he's that idea of like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And he's also pretty, very, very small. Like he's a very small, like I said, the suit's too big and it's probably hard for him to find a suit in his size. That's great. That is excellent. Hello, Gregory. Character I'm going to be playing is uh, Howard Hooch Morrison. Howard is a contrarian. He feels that uh, he speaks truth to power. Uh, he does it whenever possible. He's about 6'3", 350 pounds. Spent a lot of time in prison working out. Howard is an inmate. And, you know, he uh, likes to think of himself as a friendly guy. Now, what is it, was he in for? Uh, murder. Who'd you murder? I, I don't know that I want to get into that too much without talking about my past and what I did there. We're talking to your Clearly attorney. Clearly, you're, you're a little touchy about it. We yeah, can, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, not I mean, worry about that. Uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the folks who weren't uh, sort of incarcerated before uh, everything went down don't know about uh, civility in a prison. And that's mm. that you don't talk about that sort of thing. And uh, sometimes people got to be told that a little bit more firmly. Now, what does Howard wear normally? Howard uh, wears his prison jumpsuit because uh, there are a lot of them lying around and uh, stupid people don't want to put them on. So it sounds like you may be open about the fact that you're an inmate, even though you're not open about your particular crime. If people got trouble, they can bring it to my face. And uh, what race is? Howard is, I envision him as a villain, so he is a white man. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Well... All righty then. A lot of white gentlemen in the South. Mm-hmm. All right. And let's let's go here and hear about your character. Yeah, uh, my name's Wick. Short for Chadwick, but I prefer Wick. <laughs> a little less pretentious, I think. Uh, I'm a kind of easygoing, jokey guy. I fled one of the bigger cities out towards the West when all this started happening and actually ended up posted up in that dilapidated town settlement for a while. But I witnessed some real ugly stuff out there. So I decided to get myself, build a little raft and get on over to the prison where I've been hiding out since, just to dodge some of the discomforts of uh, a bit of a, of a primitive and angry situation over in that settlement. So happier to be in a place where things seem like maybe a little calmer. Um, <laughs> I am the butcher. <laughs> oh, God! You know, despite my kind of easygoing attitude, I understand that sometimes there's things that just need to get done. <laughs> and if Excellent. no one else wants to step up to do them, then someone has to. I love and I'll this. be that guy. I love this hornet's I'll nest. I'll be that guy. <laughs> now, whenever we, we look at Wick, what do we see? Uh, Wick is five foot seven. He's always got like the glimmer of a smile on his face, but he's a little—he's just like ever so slightly dead behind the eyes. <laughs> um, sort of like Barry in the uh, Bill Hader show. Uh, sure, I don't know. I've not seen it. You should watch it. It's very good. Great. Anyway. He's got close cropped black hair. He's kind of broad shoulders. He's fairly short at five seven, but. 
broad shoulders, kind of barrel chested. And he's always, like no matter what kind of shirt he's wearing, no matter where the neckline is on it, there's just like a tuft of curly hair that like pokes up mm -hmm. <laughs> from the collar. So no visible tattoos or anything to go along with um, that? It's mostly no, disturbing no, when he's wearing no a No visible bag. tattoos. <laughs> yeah. No, no visible tattoos, but seriously, like, it's like the hair moves up <laughs> no matter what. And when he is shirtless, uh, he's bare-chested, but there's, like, just a tuft of hair around his Oh, leg. no! Yeah. Wait, does he have a circle around his belly button of hair? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. That's great. I should not love his body hair. And is he also white? Uh, I think he's like culturally white, but uh, ethnically ambiguous. Okay. Hey y'all, my name is Justice Boonslang. <laughs> wow. The eldest daughter of William Boonslang. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I have I strayed away from my father's teachings for a number of years, but uh, there towards uh, the beginnings of the troubles, I found his teachings once more and joined back in. I don't condone what my father, what my father's followers did, but I don't believe I believe they corrupted his word. Oh boy! And I believe his teachings are more important now than ever before, uh, which is why I am a follower. <laughs> my daddy has a lot of good help that he can provide, and I believe if we all get under his wisdom, we could move forward and rebuild society. I'm a smaller woman. I have close cropped hair. Uh, I am wearing a prison jumpsuit that I have like cut down to size in a show of- oh, uh, like a romper. Yeah, like in a romper uh, to show uh, solidarity w amongst mm. everybody. I really just, I really think if we all come together in the light of the boon slang and we can make something happen. We can make this work amongst all of us. And uh, I'm mixed race. My father obviously is an evil white man. I think I think my mother was South Asian, but for our anyone who's British, could you clarify what that means? Yeah, I, th I think like <laughs> subcontinental. So I'm thinking like Indian, maybe Pakistani. But I think culturally, I've been raised pretty firmly in like. The South. The South, <laughs> but more specifically in a cult. So I think like, my, I'm, my, I'm culturally cult. <laughs> so that's, that's probably mm -hmm. stronger. Um, so, yeah, so I lived in town leading up to this, just to be close to my father. That is excellent. So now that we know a little bit more about you all, um, okay. I'm going to pass out cards that have one side is black, one side is white, mm -hmm. and you're going to be looking at the white side. So this actually goes between the two of you. I know this is a little awkward. This one goes between you two. Okay. I'll put it there for now. And then this one goes between you two, and then this one goes between you and you. Ooh, fun. So between. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I okay. am yeah. very curious about uh. this. What's our relationship, James? Oh, are these, are these out loud? Yeah, yeah so oh, we're going to go guy. around and talk okay. about okay, these. Okay, great. So yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and start <laughs> with you two. I was just curious. Yeah, so Alan, this is real interesting. I can't wait. Uh, our relationship is the two of you had a relationship well before Z-Day. Uh, why is it strained and distant now? Oh. I, man, I've got some ideas, but they are related directly to my past. Um, but I think, Same. I think it, ooh. Let's, let's figure it out on the fly. I love that. I 
but we know that you're it's strange. So is mm -hmm. it like open antagonism, or is it just kind of snarky side-eyed looks? I think yeah, we're doing our best not to key in in my opinion, and feel free to alter or mm -hmm. disagree. I think we're doing our best not to key into the others that we have had any previous experience with each other. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> so you're a bunch of liars. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. If, if my guy gets bit, he's not telling a soul. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Are you already bit? <laughs> mm. Then let's hear about uh, the connection between WIC and justice. Um, ours says uh, we have a we together have a plan to improve the enclave. Yes. Yep. Um, I would throw out since you're a butcher, I feel like you're dealing with like a lot of knives and blood and stuff. And I wonder if maybe when, since we don't have an infirmary, if that's something like. We're trying to put together. I don't know. Ah, interesting. Yeah, we're trying to build, make like a makeshift, like medical bay. Either that or a kids' play place, <laughs> <laughs> like a place for the kids to be. You know, just be kids. Yep. You know, there, there's so much going. They deserve what about a like childhood. A play, yeah, like a puppet theater. <laughs> yes, we're doing a puppet theater for the kids. And you're, you, are you trying to like sneak in cult? I'm not sneaking ideology. in. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it is for that. Great, but, I love that. And I'm like, hey kids, we're all here to to hear the good word <laughs> and see our very bestest friend. Wick the Wibbit! Whoa, look at me! <laughs> and I've got like prisons, like tube socks that I've yes. put googly eyes yep, on. Yep, 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 yep. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Then uh, let's hear about the connection between Justice and Gregory. We have an intimate relationship oh! that we are not telling people about. No, we're keeping it hidden. <laughs> now, intimate does not mean sexual unless you want it to be. I mean, there are many ways to be intimate. It's true. I'm fine with it being sexual. I think it's sexual. I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Gotta release the stress in the apocalypse. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I think it is very much like. I think like I want everybody to get along, and the reason I'm not talking about it is I don't want to look like I'm showing favoritism to the to the mm. cult members, and that's why I'm not talking about it. Yeah. I mean, whatever reason. I think that works. I think on my end, I don't think my father would approve. Yeah. I think similarly, I don't want to make anybody feel like we see fellow like we're trying to build something mm -hmm. together we don't want to jeopardize that yeah yeah now that nice. makes That's me wonder yeah does william Damn. not approve of casual sex or is it specifically gregory i think it's specifically gregory i think gregory might be kind of like the opposing moral force in this prison where it's like like my father has like his way of like organizing and stuff and he's like an upholder of the law so there's also the thing of like I'm also just gonna say it I think you were my dad's defense attorney <laughs> yeah and I think like you blew it well yeah I think he's right is that he it? Blew it? Well, he's in prison <laughs> he's in prison yeah I, that idea of like like I want everything to be equal and he wants everything to be equal under him right you know right. like so I do think we're like diff we're both visionaries with different visions yeah it's like Star Excellent. Wars versus Star Trek yeah <laughs> okay it's yeah. exactly like yeah. now I get it <laughs> thank you for putting that in Alan terms <laughs> alright now how about Gregory and Hoot man well yeah go, go ahead please oh, I, I would, the two of us blame each other for the death of an enclave member oh. what happened oh my word so let's say that Anya a young woman from mm -hmm. the colony who was also a follower of your father's. Mm. Okay. Uh, how did you get her killed? What I think happened, just because of your character um, being a little bit more whatever, get the thing done, is that 
maybe she was showing signs of infection. Or not that, maybe she just got caught out. Or like I sent her on a mission and she came back infected. I feel like you just killed her on the spot. (laughs) But you blame me for sending her out in the first place. Exactly. Excellent. I don't know why you made me do that. uh, We needed the supplies. She was a strong, capable woman. Was. Because of you. All right. So now that we understand how all of you interact together, you also get an ally. Mm -hmm. So because you're not the only ones in this enclave, there are other people out there. And this is someone who, they're not like your servant or your slave, but they totally have your back. Yes, I know who it is immediately. Oh, never mind. I am also going to give us a few more people. A few more NPCs. So we have Hazel, who was a former high school teacher. Cool. Opal, a former bounty hunter. Oh. Opal, put me away. <laughs> <laughs> Alana, a musician. And Roxana, a martial arts instructor. Oh, oh damn, can I yes. trade? Yeah. <laughs> damn, my guy's bored. Unfortunately, no. And there are, I swear there are men in the deck, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got him. <laughs> now, just as you're looking at the cards of your allies, you'll notice they have skills. So this is stuff that they're particularly good at. And they also have equipment. This is stuff they have with them all the time, we assume. You also have equipment that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. So if you want, like, a shotgun or a pistol, maybe a knife, totally cool. If you're thinking AK-47, mm-hmm. eh, probably not. Especially not you. <laughs> <laughs> Me? I bring that up because sometimes your advantages for your enclave will tell you that you can forage for stuff and, and try to get more supplies. But for the most part, if it's something reasonable, we'll assume you have it. Okay, cool. Let's find out who is on your side. Let's start over here this time. Uh, this works out perfectly. On my side is Percy Ward, the Reverend. Oh. <laughs> um, I think he was one of my f- father's first followers, one of his, like one of his lieutenants, and it's just like they're providing Guidance and support, unfailingly and unwavering. Oh boy. Excellent. My ally is Darian Spiros, who is a journalist. I think we actually, while we were clearing out the prison, I kind of found him trapped in a room by himself and let him out. There's like a weird debt to be repaid in that relationship. (laughs) Is it something that you both think? Or is that something that you think? Uh, I think he feels it and... I'm, I've just not yet, like, acknowledged that anything he's done has been, like, squared up. Mm. So yeah. mm-hmm. he's just trying desperately to, like, balance the scales and, like, eh? But mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. not, it's not Great. happening. Excellent. I've got Juanita Lopez. She is a drug dealer. Um, gosh, I think we knew each other from before I went to prison. And, you know, now it's so great to see that she'd made it. <laughs> Now, when you knew, say you knew each other, did you have an intimate relationship with her? Oh, um, didn't even think about that. I just assumed that she was my drug dealer. But, you know, sure we, we probably we probably hooked up before. And I've been in prison a while. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'm hopeful that something would start up again. But I don't know where Juanita's at. There was a zombie apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, a lot, that changes people. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Not all that much. Uh, (laughs) And sometimes for the better. Agreed. Amen. Amen. I got Demarcus Nation. He's a bouncer. And his skills are violence, intimidation. He has chains and brass knuckles. I think he's kind of the reason people put up with me. 
You know what I'm saying? Like when I start talking a blue streak, the reason people don't just like punch me is because he's right there. Did you oh. actually manage to get Demarcus off of well a, I, a, a, a charge? Here's is he the one success story that you have. Here's what I want to say though. No, we kind of came. He was at the prison and he came for security, and everybody assumed he was a prisoner because he's a young black man with tattoos. Um. And I was like, no, he's not. And that's why he like he sided with me is because I was like instantly like that, you know, like I instantly like part of the general population and everyone yeah. keeps assuming Assume he was a prisoner. prisoner. And mm. I was like, no, I was a lawyer here. He is not. Uh, and I vouched for him. And so now he's kind of got my back. Nice. Demarcus is a good dude. Yeah. Demarcus is a good dude. Yeah. All right. But, yeah. So this is great. Now we know a lot more about who is in the uh, prison with you and all of the NPCs on the table, right now they're neutral towards you. They and your your allies' feelings towards you can change. So I want to direct you to your character sheet. Mm -hmm. On the bottom it says NPC allies. Mm -hmm. When you direct them to action, draw two cards from the survivor deck. If it's in line with their skills, draw plus one. If they have equipment or useful materials, add an additional one. On a triumph, everything goes according to plan. On an edge, the plan works, but I choose that either they suffer a terrible loss, they endure serious harm, or they reveal their true nature. Ooh. So that is where occasionally their feelings towards you may change. Mm. Oh no. So, like I said, it's very easy to die in zombie world. You have two different kinds of moves, but also you will have seen on your character sheet stress. Whenever a move or the GM directs you to mark stress, you will. And whenever you fill it up, you will then take an additional trauma card and clear your track. If you do that four times, essentially your character is so broken by the apocalypse that you are no longer a functional human being. And then oh. your, your character retires to be used by the GM or probably eaten by zombies. <sighs> now for basic moves, there's a lot of things you can do. And Assuming you guys are okay with it, I was going to ask you to help me take turns reading them aloud so that I don't uh, go hoarse before that we even get started. Sense. Yeah. So, the first thing you can do in Zombie World is get in someone's face. Can't wait. When you get in someone's face, draw savagery. What that phrase means is you will draw a number of cards from the survivor deck equal to your stat. So if you have a two in savagery, you draw two cards. Um, if you have a three, draw three. If you have a one, draw one. And yes, I'm going to explain this before we go further. There are several different survivor cards. Now the one that you really, really want is a triumph. Sick card art. <laughs> a triumph is the best possible result and usually involves full success without a cost. An edge is the second best result and usually involves a cost, complication, or reduced effect. A miss is the worst result and involves me making as hard of a move as I like. Mm -hmm. You also have a opportunity card. An opportunity card is a miss unless you choose to push yourself you mark a stress and then it becomes a triumph. Mm. But it means that cool. you really hurt yourself to do that. Mm. And every time someone makes a move and we draw from the deck, we reshuffle it. So does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when we get to draw like three soul or whatever, it increases our odds that we'll get a triumph card. Yeah. Got it. Cool. 
and um, you can help and interfere with each other. Okay. We'll go over that when it comes up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you always take the highest card. Great. Awesome. So, cool. cool. That's the actual mechanics, and that is the card version of Powered by the Apocalypse. Cool, cool. Very neat. So, when you get in someone's face, draw savagery. On a hit, they have to choose to either mark stress and escalate the situation, or they can concede. On a triumph, you take plus one forward against them if they escalate, or you suffer harm. Would you like to read the next? Sure. Appropriate uh, to the butcher. Turn to violence. <laughs> when you turn to violence against the uninfected, draw savagery. On a hit, trade harm and choose options. On a triumph, choose three. On an edge, choose two. Choose two? Choose two. Um, the options to choose from are inflict terrible harm, Suffer little harm, resist marking stress, or avoid collateral damage. Mm. Very cool. Nice. Um, the next one, all uh, feels appropriate to read in character voice, is ask an NPC for help. When you ask a friendly or neutral NPC for help, draw a soul. On a triumph, they'll do what you want if you give them a bribe or a motive. On an edge, the GM will tell you what it'll take to get the NPC to do what you want. Do it, and they will. I'll continue with uh, character voices. Open up to someone. When you open up to someone about your feelings or past, draw a soul. On a hit, you both clear stress and choose one of the following. Look at any of their face-down cards. Ask them any question they must answer honestly. NPCs raise their disposition or calm them down. On an, ed on an edge, they always choose one. Look at one of your face-down cards, ask you any question, answer honestly, and non-player characters, they ask for help, mark stress, to weasel out. Calm down an NPC. <laughs> when you try to calm down an NPC with logic or reason, draw steel. On a hit, they won't do anything drastic, at least for now. On triumph, you pick two, and on an edge, you just pick one. Uh, they keep calm for some time, they reveal their true concerns, or they don't hold you responsible. Assess a bad situation. When you assess a bad situation, draw steel. On a triumph, ask two. On an edge, ask one. When you act on the answer, draw plus one. What is the biggest threat to me or the Enclave? What here is most useful to me, my allies, or the Enclave? What's my best escape route, way in or way past? Who here is most vulnerable to me, my allies, or the dead? Question on that. Is it, uh, so you get to ask the question of like, who here is most vulnerable to me, my allies, or the dead? Or do you have to pick one of those three? Like, would you have to phrase the question as who here is most vulnerable to me? Or you decide who here is most vulnerable to the dead? You do want to phrase it as which of those options you're choosing. Because cool. they can be very different answers. Yes, right, right. <laughs> All right, I feel like Alan should read Help or Interfere because he's so gung-ho about oh, interfere. Oh, sure, here I go. Yeah. Uh, help or Interfere. When you help or interfere with another survivor, mark a stress to draw cards equal to their face-up identity cards. Replace any one card from their draw with a card you have drawn before the results are evaluated. But you're now mixed up in that situation. Cool. Mm. I'll do Avert Disaster. Uh, 
When you try to avert disaster, say what you're trying to prevent and draw survival. On a triumph, you manage it. On an edge, you pull through, but it's going to cost you. The GM will offer you a hard bargain, ugly choice, or pyrrhic victory. Cool. Um, Very cool. And finally, push yourself. When you draw an opportunity, mark stress to push yourself and treat the opportunity as a triumph. Nice. Interesting. Cool. Now, we're not going to read them right now, but on the back are zombie moves. Yes, yes, yes. So I do want you to look over these. And these are how you interact with a swarm of zombies. Oh. Remember, a horde, you have no chance. You're dead. And a few, you can probably take care of them. But whenever they begin to gather, you have a choice between fighting the dead, fooling the dead, fleeing the dead. You can go on point, dispose of the dead, rescue an NPC, which apparently you did not use for Anya, barricade a place, and you can always make a plan. So as those come up, we'll go over them. And also note, on your character sheet, it mentions suffering serious harm. Mm -hmm. um, that does not include getting bitten. So on the zombie moves, some of the choices are you can draw from the bite deck. Some options from the bite deck, you might draw a threat. Oh, look, there are more zombies. You might be safe. Nothing goes wrong. Ooh, fun. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that's... Or you might be bitten. Oh, Lord. Oh. Your death is certain. You may not die right now or even in an hour or even in a day, but you will die. Can't wait. The GM will tell you when. Ooh, baby. So that's an example of your bite cards. Everything makes sense so far? Yep. Yes. All right, let's get to it. Great. Now to kick off play, the GM draws a fate card, does not need to reveal it to the players, and starts telling you about your day. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with more Zombie World. In the meantime, if you're looking for other great gaming shows, be sure to check out Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign a role-playing game. Design Doc is an experiment in public, participatory, analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. On the one-shot Twitch stream this week, on Thursday, we'll be streaming more Gloomhaven for a new episode of Total Party Kill that starts at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can find that and more at twitch.tv slash one-shot-rpg. Heroes, I wrote a book. It's a guide to help players both new and old build complex character backstories, and it will even help you keep playing the game when you're alone. October 2nd, 2018, it will be available everywhere books are sold. You can pre-order it now through Barnes & Noble, with your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore, or at most online retailers. Be sure to check out the links in our show notes so you can pre-order your copy. Heroes, Gen Con is just around the corner, and if you're going, you should head over to bit.ly slash osngencon to see the lineup of shows and panels that we have for you. You can watch an episode of Warda live. Join your fellow scummers at the live Neo Scum panel, or meet one-shot fans and friends over at the network's annual panel. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. Heroes, there are a lot of really wild and terrible things happening right now, but the only way things get better is by people like us taking action. One of the most basic and easiest ways to help out is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, along with contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, 
easy and it can make a tremendous difference. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.